Hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Wireless Hooper Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Chu. And today on the podcast, we have a special guest. Usually it's me just ranting, having a good time, me and me and you guys vibing. But today I am joined by my friend Stu Kawashima, aka Stubu, aka Prospects Finest, aka Phenom Jameer. So uh, I wanted to bring him on for a couple of reasons. He's someone that I've talked to about sports for many, many years. We played high school ball together from the JV team to the varsity team to a little bit of AAU. We played a little bit in college and then even some in the uh, adult league. So we grew up watching and playing the sport. So getting his perspective, I've always respected it. Um, I know his game. He knows mine. Um, and, you know, we're on the same page on a lot of things and we're not on the same page on a lot of things. So um, it makes for interesting discussions. So uh, on today's podcast, we get into some high school hoop stories. And then at the end of the podcast, we talk about the current state of the NBA. So it's going to be a long one. Sit tight um, or I guess keep walking or um, eyes on the road if you're if you're driving. But I don't know. Well, you know the drill. All right. Well, Stu, welcome to the Wireless Super Podcast. Um, it's great to have you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So let's let's dive right into who you are um, and how we know each other, because I'm sure in the intro, I just said that you used to run track a little bit, uh, play basketball a little bit, um, play tennis a little bit. So Let's, let's take it all the way back. Um, when did we first, do you remember when we first met? Oh man. Uh, it'd probably have to be one of the first days of freshman year prospect. Definitely. Uh-huh. Um, maybe orientation, to be honest. I don't know. Um, oh, but I remember, wow. I remember meeting you, but then I forgot your name. So then I thought your name was George for like the rest of that mm. day. And then I, oh. uh, you obviously corrected me. And then, you know, here we are 15 years later. 10 years later? What is it? 10 years? 15. Oh. 15 years later. 15 years later. 14 years. Like, we probably met in 2006, and here we are pushing 2021. Soon to be 15, probably. 14? Oh. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I started 2010, but that's when we... That's, that's when, when our, yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, then let's, let's fast forward from the first day of high school into, uh, I guess, when our friendship took to went to the next level and we started playing jv basketball. no no no. i guess not right. jv basketball we started playing freshman ball together freshman ball yeah remember so you mean like the yeah the, exactly you the mean like a lunch team? no oh, the, the frost off, off oh, team like, with frankie's dad freshman ball. like that's we didn't ever play any official games but yeah. i felt like at that point me and you we shared something that none of the other friends did together which was play basketball it's probably because we were the only yeah. probably the only asians on the team at the time do you consider kevin as part of that crew yes definitely okay kevin is definitely a hooper just not an organized mm. hooper kevin is a hooper kevin yeah. is was a hooper before all of us were touche um okay so we'll, we'll go through that and then we played 
We obviously played JV together. We played a solid year under a phenomenal coach, Coach, <laughs> coach Chad. Chad. Coach Chad. What was what would you say your main lesson uh, would be if you were if other JV kids were listening to this? What do you remember from that time, and what do you want them to take away? Ooh, good one. Um, can can we uh, can we swear on the show? Oh yeah, there's no sponsors. No <laughs> one is paying for any of this. This is all us. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't want you to lose sponsorship over or when uh, when mishap on my end. Um, I would say things I learned from JV are, uh, especially from like Coach Chad, uh, like no bullshit and mm. like challenge yourself. Um, you're not there for anyone else. Like you're there to push yourself. And like, that's probably something we didn't really think about um, when we were in high school. Um, so like take advantage of that time to challenge yourself, I would say. Um, but Chad was definitely like one of those, like not necessarily like, inspiring figures, but he was like definitely like a, he'd like to light a fire under you. Um, and like mm-hmm. he wouldn't take bullshit from people um, even though he was like you know he was like a prankster for sure but um, if he was like caught you slacking off or you weren't pulling your weight on the team like you were getting called out I mean I don't know if you remember this but like remember when you might have been included in this group but when we we were up by like eight in this tournament uh, I, I forgot what tournament was Del yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we I were at Del Mar or something. We were we were in some. We were not in our normal gym. We were mm-hmm. in a, like some tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, we were playing. I forgot what school it was too. But we were up at like eight with like a minute left or something like that. Yeah. And we couldn't get a rebound, and we probably gave up like three to five offensive rebounds in like the last minute of the game, yeah. and we ended up losing the game. Um, and so basically, Chad comes to us the next practice and grabs every single person that was on the floor during that minute and makes us get on our, like, <laughs> get on our, our hands and knees, basically, and on our stomachs, and just mm-hmm. mop the floor with our jerseys, basically, and so we're just, like, pulling ourselves on our stomach across the gym floor um, to, it wasn't even to clean the floor, because we were doing it in the side alley, not even on the court, we were doing it where the bleachers get pulled out, it was just more of, like, a, a demonstration of, you guys did not pull your weight on the court, you guys need to, you know, have some sort of punishment i guess but when you look back on it it's pretty funny um but it's definitely like uh not not my proudest moment on, on a basketball court that's that's hilarious i think i remember it vividly because i remember not doing that exercise i remember turning around he had a he had i think he had the rest of the team do those up downs where you like had to touch a line and you just ran back and forth uh, yeah, like yeah. on the ceiling but i remember yeah, looking yeah. over at the five guys that were on the floor <laughs> and i was like oh man that doesn't look that tiring, but that looks like just not fun at all. <laughs> it wasn't tiring. It was more like uh, dehumanizing, I would say. Yeah, you know? yeah. But but it's tiring for your uh, mental, your mental stamina. We needed that on JV because it because I think when um, at least right now the basketball podcast or the other people that are talking about basketball are really those high school players. And that's probably why it matters because they're so good. And there's so many levels above like normal high school hoopers. But the story that we're talking about, we're talking about like a JV story that a lot of other kids can relate because they have played JV. You don't, not a lot of 14 year olds come to high school and then now they're the starting point guard on the varsity team. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think for us, for me not playing organized basketball at that level and experiencing JV and like going through practice 
learning what it means to lose like lose a game like we had it in the bag I, I you see the score like dwindle down you're like wow like this is what it means to not close so uh, that's that's interesting that's an interesting story so mm. So you would say that was your fondest memory. It was not at the time, but it turned out to be your fondest no, memory. No, that is not my fondest memory. And I want to be on the record. I do not condone this type of coaching, um, but it is a uh, it is a strong memory for sure. Oh wow! So Coach Stu wouldn't wouldn't do that if I would if, not if let your my team... players. I would not relegate my players to to mopping the floor with their stomachs. But it is a it is a memory that is for sure. Didn't we go like three zero after that? I don't know. We we did a we had a we had a great team that year. But we had a great season, JV season. Okay, all right. Okay, well, then we'll save the fondest moments for later. But let's let's fast forward then. Let's fast forward <laughs> to the next year, and we'll revisit your track side of the high school mm-hmm. journey later. But we fast forward another year. We I don't play basketball because I claim that I have like APs and stuff like that, and like I mm-hmm. honestly w- probably wasn't even good enough to make that varsity team. So yeah. maybe I, I definitely use that as a crutch, but you were recruited to play on that team. So yeah. what happened junior year? What, what was your recollection of that? I, I had the same excuse as you, man. Okay. Uh, I was, well, first and foremost, I used my APs. I probably, I'll, I'll look back on that and say I use it as a crutch to get mm. out of playing basketball for the okay. team. Um, I, I didn't necessarily admit that back then, but, you know, 10 years later, I'll, I'll admit it now. Sure. Um, first time. I, I, didn't, I didn't really want to play uh, on that team, I think there's a lot of. I mean, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of drama on that team, and I wasn't necessarily um, like in. I didn't want to be in like that that bubble, um, especially with like such a such an important year academically coming up for us, and like everyone hyped up like junior year, junior year, and like you know we're students first, and like we know right. like we're not going to be professional athletes or anything like that. So right. I definitely like realize like, oh like this is team I real I know I'm not going to play that much it's mm-hmm. going to be a huge commitment I don't really think that I would like want to be on the same team as some of these dudes as well mm-hmm. um so I was just like you know this is not like a, a great time for me to play basketball um so yeah I I opted out of the season as we say <laughs> as we say these days That's... um but yeah coach coach Chad was pretty upset with me I remember um i remember emailing him for a job reference or something because my mom really wanted me to push for a a summer job and like i don't remember what like job i was applying for but um i emailed him for a job reference i was like hey like you know can i put you down as a reference uh, for this job he's like you can only put me down as a reference if you try out for the basketball team this year <laughs> i was like wow. dang because uh, he had he's like i heard that you don't want to play basketball next year can you mm-hmm. i'm only going to be a reference for you if you try out right like, dang he got me he's like i didn't put um, all that work last year for you not to go up yeah he, he got me um but you know uh it is what it is i i don't regret not playing that year or eh, i have regret it i think i wasn't super committed to playing basketball in high school mm-hmm. so it wasn't i think looking back on it i wish i, I had played more uh basketball or i wish i had liked playing as much as i do now because i definitely like miss it right now um right. but I mean, when you get to college, like you're like really looking forward to like IMs basically intramural intramural season, um, and like in high school you don't really have that same. I I didn't really have that same passion. It was kind of just like a, oh my dad really wants me to play sports. Like I know I'm good at the sport and like it's kind of what I do. Some of my friends are playing it, you know. So 
it wasn't necessarily like I'm doing this for myself. Right. Interesting. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard of this side of the story. So this is, this is enlightening. It's, I, I would also say that, um, uh, yeah, cause I echo all the same thing. Like we know, like we've kept in touch with each other throughout our IM careers too, but I felt like the, my body developed so much more in college and I knew how to use my body way better than compared to high school. I mean, maybe that is the struggle for kids right now because like, first of all, like, I don't think I'm that gifted athletically. I do think I am naturally strong, but like in any other sense, I'm probably like not any more gifted than the normal human. So learning to like shift weight, learning to like turn and and run and stuff. It's like, I could see where training and like practicing for real um, really helps out. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's probably just a testament to why we see better ballers these days than compared to high school. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, in terms of uh, using your body weight, I know mean, you played one on one. This yeah. is for all your all your listeners out there. No one can uh, no one can block this guy's fadeaway and, and the low block. Oh, oh he, yeah, he I, uses his body weight too well. In the you get to, I just got to ground you, make sure that you're you're solid to the ground and then I just got to push off. But um, okay. So that's junior year. Let's round out the high school, high school journey. Senior comes through. Um, It's like the second coming The the, all the JV team stays together. There weren't any crazy transfers. There wasn't any crazy things that happened. It was Mm. like the JV team now leveled up two years later to the senior squad. And um, I think we had a good year. I think that team was a a really fun team to be on. Um, for you, I think my biggest memory was you moving into like a solid starting guard position. Like that was like you took that position and then I was like, oh, this is, this is cool. So from what you remember, um, what was your fondest memory of your senior year? What was the highlight of that senior year season? Uh, I just want to put it on the record. I was a starter on the JV team as well. So I don't know what memories you're thinking about, but. I mean, I starting like, on starting, mm-hmm. starting to on varsity and JV, just okay. just for the record. All right. um, best memory of senior year basketball. Uh, that's a good question. Um, so, to answer your question, you think we had a good team? We had a decent team. Um, we went to CCS. We lost in the first round, um, and I think Barely. that was one of the, huh? Barely. No, we got killed. I think we lost by twenty. We barely got killed. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, well, that was, that was probably one of uh, the coolest memories is playing CCS because mm-hmm. in that game, we played mm-hmm. my cousin Clint's team. Pioneer, and, that's right. Yeah, we played Pioneer that game. And uh, that was cool because I don't think we had ever played basketball. I'm like, I mean, Clint and I have been playing basketball since middle school together. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been playing for a long time, even before that. Um, and I only really started playing in like seventh or eighth grade, but... Um, we had been playing for several years now together, but we had never really played against each other on like an actual formal sports team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like kind of our first time to play against each other. And uh, it was cool because in like the last, I don't know, three to five minutes, it, we, the game was a little out of hand. Um, Clint got a couple of minutes of playing time at the end and I was I was on the court and I think he hit a jumper over me. And oh, that was, that was cool because like our whole family was there to, to obviously watch the game and local for us so it wasn't um, hard for anyone to get there so um, it, was, it was cool probably for the family to see that too. Um, that, that is ultimate I would need your dad or your aunt to like dig up the archives on that one that night. <laughs> my dad probably has be, the footage. 
There's gotta I be got one or two photos of, or yeah. some from some film because that's mm. like, yeah, knowing like yeah. how um, into the sport your family is, having that match up, that's tight. I didn't realize like how big that game was, but uh, yeah, we played at Lincoln, right? That was the second time we played there because we played Lincoln once and then we played them there again. You mean for the CCS game? Yeah, for the CCS game. Was it at Pioneer? That. I don't know. Was, wasn't oh, did it we play at Pioneer? Oh, I don't uh, know. Actually, I have actually have no idea. That's a good question. It might have been at a neutral neutral site. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking um, for whatever reason, I'm remembering that it's Lincoln. Okay. For whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, I, so. I honestly don't remember. Uh, that's that's a good question. Um, but yeah, other other memories um, from senior year. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember a lot of early morning practices during like winter break. Like during the cold December mornings, oh. we get into the gym. Everyone's yeah. wearing like their long sleeves, their sweatpants, like warming up in the gym. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I would. I had this nagging tendonitis injury uh, in my Achilles uh, mm-hmm. for like, like most of my senior year, and that was definitely like a killer for me. I couldn't really. Uh, I didn't have much like lift um, off my. I had tendonitis in both my Achilles heels for yeah. uh, for senior year. It felt like every step you take feels like someone's like stabbing you with a knife and mm-hmm. it really it's really not a pleasant feeling um yeah and let's see yeah i don't know it was a it was a good season um ran it back with the with the same jv squad um most mostly for the most part same people which is awesome mm-hmm. um and yeah we went to ccs which is more than the previous years varsity team could say i think um, so i think we had a better record in that regard as well yeah. I mean, we just played like a, a better team. I mean, seeing seeing the competition. I mean, I don't know. Comparing it to like high school teams that we see these days, like I'm sure those teams were out there when we were that good because we're the same age as Kyrie. So Kyrie was out there destroying his senior year, whatever that looked like. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that we were that athletically good. I mean, you know, our tallest guy was 6'3" like lanky and then our second like biggest body and second score was like 510 like 300 so yeah i mean we had we had mirza we had veldin and we had the telfer we had the telfer twins uh that got some some oh interesting like uh late game minutes when we were the game was out of hand they would get some yeah was tossi or those guys on it malo oh man were they only jv I thought Tassi was on the squad. I don't remember anymore, man. But definitely Veldin, Veldin and Mirza were holding They're it down for us. Down. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I don't, I don't remember the the full roster that we had, but yeah. I mean Tassi was a a, a killer in uh, our JV squad, that's for sure. Yeah, that's twenty points mm. easy. Okay. Um, yeah, man. What about you? What are your memories of senior year? Senior year uh, or basketball, I guess. Sorry. For basketball specifically, that's it, that's cool that you brought up the the early morning practices. I haven't thought about those in, in a long time. Um, I think my most interesting memory and my favorite memory of the team is playing at home. Like the like I want to put this on record. I don't know if I've said it in other podcasts, but I remember that summer junior year i remember practicing at my the local middle school and it was just like i need to make varsity so that i can talk about this forever Mm. like i remember knowing and thinking that making varsity will be a big deal 
in my life. So like being like that being said, fast forward six months, because now we're deep into the season in December, going into January, right? And where those home games, like like the winter home games is because when it gets super dark, super late or super dark, super early. So like at 730 mm. when we play, it's like pitch black. It feels like a night game. It's Friday night or whatever. And then it's like, I remember going into the gym and just like the senior night or one of the nights that later in the season, it was just like, damn, all these people are here to see us. And then like uh, Furlong made it a big deal. Like he made us like, he like always talked about the moment. So I think that's when I realized like, oh, this is super tight. And then we had like all our gear, right? Like I, that's probably my favorite stuff. My favorite moments is like having those gears and being on game days and like mm-hmm. dressing up. And that night uh, specifically was pretty cool to see the crowd and like, the cheerleaders cheering for us like that's cool i didn't think that like i was an athlete in that regard but in that moment i was like okay mm. yeah this is a big deal did you ever ever have any doubt you wouldn't make the varsity squad oh for sure oh. for sure i didn't think i think not playing for that year really like um yeah because i i remember thinking oh hassan wasn't he on the team and then like toe mm-hmm. and like all these guys were like definitely more athletic than I was. So I was like, okay, I don't know how this is going to shake out. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you ended up getting some pretty solid minutes that year. Uh, I think I've, I'm pretty sure you got better minutes as varsity than you did JV, right? Yeah. 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 For sure. I almost, I almost cracked double digits in, in uh, varsity. So there you go. I, I feel good about it. I mean, I, I blessed to be on the team, all the minutes that I did have, but going and playing in intramurals in college is like re- is really when I fell in love with the game which is which is cool yeah but yeah so that's that's high school um I guess we'll continue to talk about it for the rest of our lives and how we played high school basketball together it'll be one of those things yeah I mean let's let's not forget how we actually became close not through I mean basketball of course helped but that's not that's not uh, belittle our freshman year of PE with Kevin and Willine and Patrick. Oh my gosh! <laughs> if it wasn't for that PE group, I don't know. There's a lot of it was a lot of time spent, like forced time spent together, and it wasn't in a classroom, which made it cool. Because like we could have yeah. all have class together, but you don't hang out in class. Yeah, we were just uh, clowning around our freshman year. There, there's so many stories that uh, we can get into later about that PE class and our, I mean, the, the goal is to have Waleen and Stephanie on, and then we'll have a round table about just crazy moments in middle school and high school. And I think that's uh, important to document later. Um, okay, let's, let's actually switch gears a little bit. Um, we're going to skip the college stuff and then... Um, We'll round off this deep dive into our basketball careers with our adult league that we played. So most recently, um, we we graduate from college and then we play whatever leagues. You're in LA for a little bit, but then you move back to the Bay and then we join a a rec league, an adult rec league. Um, so I I, I want to touch on that because the podcast is called Wireless Hoopers, right? We this is to talk about tech and talk about the recreational hooper the person that the recreational athlete that likes sports but we're never we're never going to go pro we're not going to get paid to play sports 
but we'll probably play sports for the rest of our lives. Um, okay. Without adult league, um, what, what's been the biggest difference in like working out and having a job? I think a lot of, do you have any advice on juggling that or has it just been pretty natural to you? Cause like we had a schedule, right? We played every week. Um, you would have to like practice a little bit. You would have to like keep in shape. So any, not advice, but any thoughts on that about working and playing in an adult league? Yeah. Um, I guess like as you get older and like a lot of your time ends up getting spent uh focusing on work and mm-hmm. like you don't have that much time for yourself mm-hmm. um like post work for example mm-hmm. um, i would say like the thing that's like stuck out for me is um if you want to do things in that regard for example fitness goals joining a, a sports league and things like that um you really have to be intentional about it um mm-hmm. like if you don't dedicate that time for yourself then you never then you're going to be rushing every every week or it's going to be an afterthought and you're going to be you know you're not going to be mentally in the right place that you wanted to be when you wanted to like play this basketball game or whatever like you might not have eaten before you might not Mm -hmm. have um you know uh you might have just gone off work and just came straight to the game and like you might it'll lead to injuries it could lead to you know you're not being in shape and so you don't like play the way you wanted to play Mm -hmm. um so i think it's about like being intentional and like dedicating that time for yourself especially with like just overall fitness. Um, I think it's been like pretty natural for me because that's always been something that, I mean, since like high school, I've always just been like a runner and like played a lot of basketball. So it hasn't been like too weird of a, uh, of a shift for me because I always try to dedicate that time to, you know, go on runs or, you know, work out at the gym um, weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. if people aren't in that situation um, and they want to like get back into hooping and get back into things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you play these adult leagues, you can totally see the difference of someone who's in shape and someone Mm -hmm. who loves basketball and like they showed up and they're good but they can't stay on the court for more than five minutes um, Mm -hmm. because they're gassed and so Mm -hmm. if you want to get that that playing time out of it and use it as more um more than just i'm going to show up to this basketball game but i'm going to play i'm going to you know get exercise out of it i'm going to enjoy the sport that i love playing um then you know you need to be good to your body as well Mm -hmm. and that's if you don't take care of your body, like when, as we get older, like that's how you get injured and that's how you like mess something up. So um, I would say like just being intentional. And if you think that these things are important to you, making sure that your body and like, yeah, your body and your, your mind is in the right place when you start to play these things in a quote unquote uh, competitive space again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Being intentional. I think that's, a very interesting topic as we continue to get older, um, being intentional mm-hmm. in like, not just sports, but in all of our actions, um, knowing like time is limited and going into that stuff. So, okay, interesting. Um, I hear that because if we're not intentional in prepare, in our preparation, that's these injuries continue to stack. I think that's what's scary. And I think that's what like people don't want to admit of like when they're getting older, it's you can you might get injuries like less often because you're more careful, but the injuries will begin to stack and that's when it's hard to, to rebuild from. Cause yeah. Yeah. Right. Like if you get a sprained ankle once or twice, that's cool. But then when you get a sprained ankle mixed with the hammy mixed with your back and then like something happens later on and they all start to ache all at once, that's uh, something to, I mean, just to think about, I mean, everyone deals with injury in, in a different part because 
when you said that you had your tendonitis in high school and you said you can't like walk and like I remember making fun of you of like oh dude like what do you mean you can't walk and you don't have any lift like you're hella athletic you're like hella in shape what does that even mean and then going through my personal stuff like with like not comparing the um, apples to apples or apples to oranges, but like with gout mm-hmm. and stuff. And when there's internal physical pain, there is literally nothing you can do. Like, yeah. so um, I hear that. Yeah. And like, we don't have like the access to personal mm-hmm. training and, um, Recovery. you know, that comeback tour that and professional athlete would. So, yeah. you know, it's really about when you get these injuries, you got to take care of yourself and, you know, make sure you're not overusing or overexerting those muscles until you fully recover. I mean, even after uh, when I moved back up to NorCal, um, we were playing a lot of basketball again. We were playing open gyms uh, in Santa Clara, like once oh, or twice a week. Yes. We were doing the the adult league that we had. Um, right. We had that basketball tournament that we played with Clint. Um, so we were playing yeah. a lot. We were playing a lot of basketball, but yeah, I, I remember yeah. I hurt my my lower back, um, and that was from I think we had like a long gym sesh uh, at an open gym, and we were playing for like two hours straight. And that's and, all it took. Um, and that's all it took. I remember feeling it while I was playing. I was like, oh, my back's tightening up. And like that tightening up like lasted for like six months. Um, and so it took a long time to, I, I started doing yoga to like remedy mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. over the course of a couple months, it, it, it got better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just saying like, it's, uh, that's all it takes um, is, you know, a little, a little too long of a, a, you know, basketball open gym session uh, to hurt your back and like you're out for six months. Um, you're not playing the same way you wanted to uh, for six months. Um, I remember um, we had a a friend had a like quote unquote like bachelor party uh, thing that he was getting married and he wanted to do a uh, open gym uh, with all of the guys mm-hmm. we used to play basketball with in college. Mm-hmm. And so I went, I played an open gym. I was doing, I was lighting it up for like 30 minutes. And then I remember I shot a three and uh, I got zazad. I landed on one of my friend's <laughs> feet. And I, I heard like a couple of pops in my ankle and um, I knew it was bad. Like I couldn't, Ooh. it hurt a lot, but um, I thought it was just a sprain, but it was like, it was pretty bad. I was out for like three, two to three months. I think I kept trying to play again and like, I keep retweaking it. Um, so, you know, I'm not following my own advice and I'm just still like pushing my limits, but mm-hmm. um, those are the things that like, they really hamper your ability to do the things that you love to do. Yeah. Then I think that's uh that will be another series that um, will be talked about on another part of probably the wireless supers YouTube series where we talk about more of the recovery part, um, having jobs and having a little bit of disposable income gives us the access and the ability to purchase like some of those physical therapy stuff. That's how I like to equate it as like, like you mentioned before, we're not professionals, so we don't have access to like cryo chambers or like ice buckets or like like things like that but there are certain things that are like trickling down that we can use and i think it's super interesting for the recreational athlete to use some of these things in uh one of those things is actually in the box that i got earlier today um that we'll, we can talk about that afterwards but yeah things like the hypervolt things like the theragun um like lacrosse balls and stuff like that like that stuff being so accessible and cheap if the high school and the college athlete knew how to use them now, I think that would help alleviate a lot of pain. And they probably already do, but um, for sure, if I was in high school and someone told me like, hey, this lacrosse ball, and you can dig into your back or your glute and stuff, like that's gonna help release a lot of tension for your next day or next practice. 
that's going to be that would have been tight that would have been really cool are you going to do the final unboxing video for for all your fans uh i will i will it will be dropping on uh stories so it won't be a youtube video it'll just be in the in the insta stories you just leaving us hanging man it's i was like where's the rest of the story part of it me is i don't want to open it because i know how sick it is <laughs> um, but no but it'll be done today um should be sent soon okay so i think that is where i want to change gears from talking about the high school career into what's happening now um there are not a lot of fans on this podcast so it doesn't matter if we begin to ramble or not but talking about the nba and where the current in uh, landscape is is super fun um, i think now is a good time to talk about it we're recording our podcast december 3rd at 8 p.m or so and right now most of the big ticket things have settled down most most recently is the 80 trade or the 80 signing that took place this morning um, but i think that was the last big iceberg that we we're waiting to drop or whatever the metaphor is um i would say Stu. my question for you is what is has been your favorite move and which team has done the best in in your opinion in one man's opinion right so what's your favorite move and then which team has done the best so uh think about that as we yeah we go into um this. Let me circle back to your previous comment on the last quote-unquote iceberg that we're waiting Mm. to drop. Mm -hmm. Um, Two more things that I think the world is waiting for. Maybe not the world, but the basketball world. Okay. One, what is James, what is going to happen with James Harden? Uh, TBD, I have no Mm -hmm. idea. My money's on, he stays put, just gets, mm, he's just unhappy in Houston, but something maybe happens mid-season, but I think he starts the year in Houston. Two is Giannis re-signing Ooh. for the, the max or the extension, I guess, because um, he hasn't signed that yet. And mm-hmm. I think the world is waiting on that. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Fair. Um, in terms of what is my favorite move of the offseason? Mm-hmm. So many moves. I mean, there are so many moves. And honestly, I have to be biased here. I'm a Warriors fan. I got to mm-hmm. go with some a Warriors move here. Ooh. Um, I love the Kelly Oubre signing. Oh. Uh, I love the Kelly Oubre signing. I think it was an awesome uh, move from the Warriors front office, mm-hmm. pivoting uh, to another, not a superstar shooting guard, small forward in Kelly Oubre, but a solid, solid scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, the day or two after um, Clay Thompson gets injured and they have, you know, this trick up their sleeve where they can pull it off. It's a um, really a, a low risk situation here because Kelly Uber is, I think, in the last year of his contract. Um, so, you know, if we if he doesn't pan out, like he's not on the books for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he does pan out, like, you know, cool. Maybe we can re-sign him for, you know, a different contract next year. Um, and maybe, um, you know, maybe he, you know, becomes our new sixth man or something next year if, uh, we have the same like team as as we do this year um but anyways yeah i I love the kelly uber signing and i I think um given like the warriors cap situation how Mm -hmm. they've been able to like create the rest of their team 
mm-hmm. um, I think has shown a lot of uh, flexibility and creative uh, creativity um, from the from the Warriors front office. Um, yeah, so that that's my those are my favorite moves. Um, what are your thoughts? With the Kelly Oubre specifically, and I'll get into my favorite move, but I think Kelly Oubre fits the agenda for what the Warriors are trying to do. I think Mm -hmm. he's such a good role wing player. And as I was like doing some more of the research and like watching his highlights, like this guy can bang. Like he is a ferocious dunker. Like it's not expected because he's just so pretty and like (laughs) he's such a smooth scorer but he will drop many points on you is he as efficient as clay i think i don't think that is what the warriors are trying to do is in not replace clay but just find another piece that would fit Mm -hmm. almost more of that iggy role like Mm -hmm. you can't say that uh kelly Oubre is like a phenomenal passer but if he does have, I think all good basketball players are good passers. Like you just, like if you play basketball long enough, I think you know where the good passes are. And half the time you can't make that pass because the person on the under other end is not that talented as you. So like mm-hmm. James Harden, like when I think when he has good players around him, like you can see his passing abilities. Um, so with that being said, I think we're going to see Kelly Oubre up level um his game a lot too and he's trying to play for that big contract right he's not trying Mm -hmm. to if if he sucks this year like it's a contract year so um i I agree with that yeah um you gotta watch his uh highlight video i think you you already said you did Mm -hmm. that dude looks like the best player in the nba when you watch his highlight video so you gotta do it great editor yourself hyped great Um, also quick note uh for all your ladies fans Mm -hmm. um Kelly Oubre just got engaged, so oh. all, the, all the females out there. Who did he get engaged to? Do we... I have no idea, but he just posted something on IG like this week or last week. Um, so interesting. Okay, well, let's talk about then. Let's get into my my favorite player. Um, after a quick congratulations to Kelly and his future wife. Uh, my my favorite move this off season. Man, I don't want to default to say the Lakers because I think collectively, I'll start there. I think the Lakers did the best in terms of just Rob Palinka and the and how he did it. But I won't beat a, a dead horse. I think that's him signing three people, increasing three point shooting percentage, and working all that with with the most recent news that we just heard is pretty unbelievable. Um, I'm gonna say the. The Bogdan trade is my favorite move thus far. Hmm. I think to the Hawks. To the Hawks, yeah. I think that okay. trade is just the funniest trade to me because he was supposed to go to the Bucks and he's like, mm. no, 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 I'm not going there. And he stopped the sign in trade, and mm. then he forced his way to to the Hawks. Okay. Um, I think I like that the most because I'm all about the hype, and he is a very underrated score, I still think. I s- still think that he has a super potential to be one of the greatest, like, European scorers based on his, like, first two bouts. Like, he's only a couple years into the league, right? So he hasn't been... Yeah, but 
So I'm not very high on Bogdan at all. I actually yeah. don't think he's very good. This is um, why I love the hype. Uh, <laughs> he's that dude. He has only been in the league like two or three years. He's yep. already 28 though. He's not 24. Mm. Uh, he played in Europe, so th- he's like old. He, I, I feel like he's like reaching his prime. Mm-hmm. And he was already a starter for half the year in, in Sacramento last year. He took Buddy Heald's job, and Buddy Heald already got a fat contract thrown at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buddy Heald, in my opinion, is still the better player. I don't know what Luke Walton was thinking, benching Buddy Heald, but Buddy Heald is the better player. And Bogdan did not – I think he averaged, like, what, 14 or 15 points a game last year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold on him being the answer for – or, like, in your, in your words, one of the best European scorers ever. Um, but I think he's a solid – piece I don't think he's a I don't think he's a starter in this league I think he's a six-man kind of mm. kind of player like a Lou Hot Williams kind of Lou Will t- type of like score Dennis Schroeder um like a, a a shooter like he's a he's a scorer and I don't think there's uh, much else to it than that fair I mean that's uh this is why it's a hot take I I I <laughs> believe in his I guess from what I've seen, I believe in his playmaking um, abilities, getting a shot off the dribble. I think yeah. that part is he's pretty skilled at that. But you're right. This is this is my favorite part of a um, of an NBA career. That three year to six year time frame. Mm-hmm. I think within that frame, um, NBA players make their biggest jump. And that's right. where they get their biggest contract, right? So, yeah, you, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, this guy is 28 now. Um, he's got a couple more years of golden years, and if he can lock it down, because he's not going to get a better – play with a better team anytime soon if he's going to the Hawks, because they're rebuilding. Who did – the Hawks just got another center, I think. That is um, I mean, they signed Danilo Gallinari, too. Um, they have Clint Capella from mm. last season, if that's what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, because he yeah. didn't go to the bubble, he right? He opted out, right? So we didn't even get to see him play that much uh, in a in a Hawks. I think the whole Hawks team wasn't eligible to play in the bubble. Was he hurt and that didn't play in the season? Some I read something that we didn't see him for a while because he, he was hurt and he was hurt for part of last season as mm. well. Yeah, and then he got traded to the Hawks and barely right. played in Atlanta before the the season. Uh, just got suspended. Gotcha. Well, yeah. Um, him and then him and Trey. So let's see. Yeah. That's going to be a pretty phenomenal backcourt. Um, but that's just my hot take. So I also think Portland deserves to be in the playoff race, but I guess people don't have them rank that high. Yeah. I mean, you, your, your, other, your second question was, who do I think made the, like, some of the best moves mm-hmm. um not like what was my favorite move but like who do I, what team do i think made the best moves mm-hmm. um i was i was gonna say portland um mm. i thought portland made some pretty solid adjustments to their team um they kept the core of the roster dame mm-hmm. and, and cj mm-hmm. um tbd on if that's a championship backcourt but you know they're fun they score they got the job done they've gone to the western conference finals um but they added well they re-signed Mello. Yep. He's old, but you know, he can still play. Mm-hmm. Um they got Nurkic back. He's gonna play. He's back. Um full force. And they got uh they signed Rocco, R- Robert Covington. Right. Who's 
very solid three and D player. So I think they're going to make, uh, they're getting a lot of help or they had a lot of injuries last year. They're going to get a lot of their players back. I think they're going to be a much better team last year or this year than they were last year. And uh, we got rid of Whiteside. So we don't talk about we like you're a Portland fan. Dude. You're a Warriors he, fan first. Warriors fan for sure. There's, but we've already have so many championships. It'd be sick to see Dame win one, but I don't think that that is a championship backcourt as it pains me to say. Like, yeah, I don't think so either. But it's so hard to say. It's so hard to say who has a championship backcourt because for the past, like, was it 10 years? LeBron and Curry have been in the backcourt. So if you choose any other backcourt, you're wrong. Um, no, I, I think the, the Trailblazers have about a, like a two or three year window before they really need to blow it up. Um, and if they're going to stick with CJ and Dame in that two to three year window, like, you know, power to them, but I don't think it's going to happen. It's almost like it can't happen if they're not even considered in the power rankings to make the playoffs. Like they have the Suns ranked above Portland right now. That's insane. Who said that? Uh, I think like either CBS or Overtime. Like they had a oh, ranking man. where I feel like that's a hot take. That's, that's I don't think that's true. You don't think the Suns is a championship or uh, a playoff team right now? Uh, they could use, they could be a playoff team. I don't think that they're necessarily better than the the Blazers though. Do you think the Rockets dropped off significantly? No. Um. I have no idea what to think about the Rockets these days. I think any team that has James Harden as their starting point guard slash shooting guard is going to be fine. Mm. Um, I have no idea what to think about getting John Wall. I haven't seen that dude play in two years. Um, right. I have no idea what to think about. They, re- they signed Christian Wood from the Pistons. Um, I, don't know why that I have was no idea sign. what to think about him playing a full NBA season. He's had spurts of three to four weeks of greatness in his basketball <laughs> career, but He's never played a full season in the NBA, like, at that level. So, I have no idea what to think about that. They signed Boogie. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what to think about Boogie coming back from multiple injuries. That, that quad injury when he was on the Warriors. It's been three, like three years, like, right? Achilles, I think. So, he's got, he's got so much weight on his, on his bones. I don't, I don't know if his career still has a chance. Um, Wait, so does Boogie have rings or no? Uh, no. Because the year he was on the Warriors was we lost. Uh, that was the KD year. Yeah, yeah, it was the KD year, and we didn't win. So, and then he was on. He was on the Lakers, but he hadn't oh, yeah. played any. I don't. Oh yeah, that's a good question. I don't think he. I don't know if he was part of their actual. I don't know if he gets a ring for that because he didn't even play the game uh, that year. Did he get hurt in the preseason or something like that? I don't. I can't remember. But, I don't remember his his injury history is too convoluted for me to remember. Did he get hurt in Sacramento? Like, has he gotten hurt on every team that he's been on? He's been more or less injury prone for the majority of his career, in my opinion, if yeah. I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, especially the last three to four years. That's a for sure. Um, but yeah, I have no idea what to think about the Rockets. If Christian Wood. DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall, and James Harden all play the way like if if we see DeMarcus Cousins the way he was playing on the Pelicans, for example. If we see Christian Wood the way he finished the season in Detroit last year. If we see John Wall return to his 20 and 10 and we see James Harden, you know, up to the usual 37 and 7, whatever he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a scary team. But if we see Boogie Cousins playing 10 minutes a game, Christian Wood 
you know, being the former D-leaguer and second, I think he was a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, John Wall recovering from multiple injuries, like, you know, a shell of himself, like, you know, fringe eighth seed at the most, I would say. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think we should expect or anyone should expect, even if you're a Rockets fan, expect that much because your head coach is gone. Mm-hmm. Your GM has left. Mm-hmm. Your our player does not like the situation and then you brought in all these injury prone I mean it sounds a little harsh, but it's it's a tough time in Houston right now from an outsider's perspective. So if anybody listening that's a Rockets fans, let us know how you feel because I think that's the opinion we want to hear. But it sounds rough in Houston for sure. What are, what are the odds that we have a, a Rockets fan listener out there? I don't think so. I think when I looked at the demographic, it's like two listens from like Los Angeles and then like everybody else is from Europe. <laughs> a bunch of bots. Oh, so that's why you're talking. You're hyping up Bogdan. I see. Trying to that's, get that European fan base. Just a little flicker. Hopefully, they're okay. Okay, some ulterior motives. You, you don't actually believe in Bogdan. You're just trying to get that European market. Got it. Bogdan. Um, <laughs> on that note, talk about the Wizards mm. uh, and uh, Danny was a sleeper mm. draft. Uh, people don't know that, but he's a three-time Israeli champion. So, uh, Danny. And Rui is the new face of hmm. the Wizards. Okay. Okay. I just watched my first highlight video of Denny today before this. So oh, okay. I, I liked what I saw. I had no idea who he, I had no idea who he was. I was like, is this guy going to be good? I remember you talking about him a lot. And then uh-huh. I was like, I mean, the last, <laughs> the last player Stephen hyped up was Malik Beasley. And oh, <laughs> that dude's in some trouble right now. So I don't, I don't know. Malik Beasley. Oh, Jesus. I, sh- I chose the wrong Malik. Malik Monk is in a good position. No, he's not. Ma- he's neither a- Malik is good. What? Dude, Malik is in uh, Charlotte right now. They're going to be contending. Yeah, but Malik Monk has had, what, two or three years to prove that he can get, you know, six-man minutes, and he's not done it consistently. He's Yeah, it's true. He still has a Sixth overall pick? He was a top-ten pick, right? Like, that, yeah. it's not panning out. He hasn't. He has a. He had the frame. I really thought that he was gonna fill out, but yeah, he had the frame and he can. That, that dude can jump, but he hasn't really found his uh, his excellence yet. Mm-hmm. He hasn't found the thing that he does really well yet. This is true. Um, but yeah, he he has the Derek Jones Jr. build, who's also on Portland now. He is on Portland. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Um yeah, well we'll see we'll see what happens with that one. Um so those those are our picks, right? I guess the Portland had the best move for you, the Lakers had the best move for me. Um okay. I got let's let's do this. I got another segment. This will be the final segment of this short episode of the podcast, but um here on Wireless Hoopers, uh we'll never judge a man or a woman for chasing the bag, but uh, we will pocket watch. So this is the segment where we take a look at big ass contracts and determine from two perspectives, if they're overrated or underrated um, Mm. in terms of the contract size. So this is the segment called pocket watch. Um, Let's talk about Anthony Davis's contract this year, since it's probably the most relevant. Do you remember 
what the Anthony Davis contract is off the top of your head. Yeah, I think it's a five years, 190. Um, and the last year is a player option. That sounds like a, a lot of money. What does that mean? Saw a joke on, on Reddit saying the last four years are a player option. <laughs> alluding, alluding to uh, how superstars just kind of bully their way out of franchises these days. Dude, that's a for sure, for sure. So five-year, 190, what is that? The average salary comes out to be like 38 a year? Yeah, sounds about right. Something yeah. like that. Um, undervalued or overvalued for Anthony Davis, arguably Dude, best player. Starting with the starting with the low-hanging fruit, man. That's that's a steal. That's He's a steal? A top five. Oh. Yeah, why not? That's a top five player in the NBA. He's playing uh-huh. with LeBron, one of the greatest players of all time. And if he can do that consistently, I mean, LeBron may play for another five years. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if you just get him for another two to three, I think LeBron signed a two-year extension. If you get LeBron for another two to three years, um, Anthony Davis is there the whole time. You know, you can do some great things with that team. And it puts you in a good position to get future superstars to come play with Anthony Davis in the future mm. when you want to rebuild that Lakers team, assuming LeBron retires in a reasonable time. Um, but you want to keep your superstars, especially being in LA. Like you're LA, that's already a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have Anthony Davis. It's more than just his play on the court. It's can I attract a, a future NBA star? Right. Uh, can I attract Giannis to the Lakers in two years? Can I attract you know, whoever it is uh, to the Lakers in a couple of years to play alongside Anthony Davis. Um, so I think it's a great move. I, I don't, I think it's a no brainer for sure. Interesting. Interesting. If anything, I, if anything, if anything, I think it's a, a quote unquote weak move on Anthony Davis's part when you see all these short contracts getting signed. Mm-hmm. So players get the flexibility to play elsewhere. Right. Um, Anthony Davis is locking himself up for five years which is fine. Like, I think he's in a fine position to do that. It's just, you don't really see that from a player of Anthony Davis, LeBron. I mean, you saw Kawhi, um, Paul George is like them all like trying Mm. to manufacture their own trades. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So they like sign shorter contracts and say, you know, I'm going to sign a two year, $80 million contract last year as a player option. KD was doing that with the Warriors. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it definitely, it puts Anthony Davis in a weaker position, but you know, secure the bag interesting interesting take interesting take i think from what i'm hearing it sounds like the duration of the contract almost matters more than the dollar amount yeah i would say so i think that's the more um i mean when you have a player like anthony davis's caliber he's going to get money no matter what right so the years that he's signing the contract is pretty significant because it mm-hmm. determines his fate, determines his future um, with whatever franchise he's signing with. So um, I think the years are pretty significant. Right. And we've seen bigger contracts too. I guess that is a steal if it averages to be like 38 a year, because mm-hmm. I think Curry is doing 43 a year as one of the biggest contracts in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't know how accurate or how co- quickly updates this is, or I'm on basketball reference and it looks like Westbrook is number two with his contract coming in super hot at a, at a 41 mil rate. So is, is Steph the highest paid player in the NBA right now? Yeah. In the 2020, 2021 season, he's that's yeah, he is. 
Good for him. Holy shit. Yeah. The <laughs> the next season is looks like there's so much money to be paid out. Like Chris Paul's about to get paid forty four mil for next year. Oh yeah, dude. Chris Paul's contract is egregious, but you know, oh, good for God. him. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So um there it is. Let's talk about the next biggest one. Um who I guess the Anthony Davis is just the most relevant, but has there been another huge contract this year? We're waiting I mean, for the we Giannis got, one, right? We got LeBron, who just signed a two-year mm. something, 80-something extension. We got the De'Aaron Fox, Brandon Ingram, uh, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell crowd, all signing their uh, max extensions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we all got, of like, have been too crazy, right? They get they uh, that they were going to get their max contracts from their respective teams. I, I'm a fan of three of them. I'm not a fan of the De'Aaron Fox max contract. Oh, they doubled down I, on the small guard. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that his game is fit for the modern NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, you need someone. He can't shoot, right? So he's going to be a John Wall 2.0, a Russell Westbrook 2.0, where those the, that type of play is undervalued now. And um, I mean, we see how uh, we see how John Wall at this point in their careers, at least, we see how mm-hmm. John Wall and Russell Westbrook get talked about. Oh, like their their trade value is negative. Like they need to um, they need to give up a first round pick to trade them away, basically, right? Right. Um, so I, I'm not a fan of the De'Aaron Fox. I don't think he's the uh, franchise. I don't think he's the franchise point guard uh, or the solution to franchise point guard. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other three, I think, are. are pretty uh pretty much no-brainers especially jason tatum and donovan mitchell like you got to give them the money like there's no other there's no other option um tatum and donovan mitchell are going to be superstars in this league that's for sure it's um oh Oh, yeah for sure uh the the other one is um the one that had people scratching their heads is like gordon hayward four years 120 that's right four Um, years interesting to Charlotte it says they're really contenders now with yeah. Devontae Graham, Malik Monk. Um, did, did you just say the, the Hornets are contenders? Yeah. Because uh, of Malik Monk and Devontae Graham? Yep. Um, did I just and, say that correctly? Okay. Uh, who else? Mello, of course. Can't forget that. And then... Oh, LaMelo. I was like, Mello? Yeah. Mello? And then Lamello. Thomas Bryant. So, no, Thomas Bryant. No, Thomas Bryant's on the, on the Wizard. You mean Who's Terry Rozier? Oh yeah, oh. Terry Rozier, Cody Zeller, Bismack. Oh yeah, Bismack Biombo. That's right. Nah, dude. Nah, dude. That's right. Charlotte Hornets just signed themselves up for three, four more years of mediocrity. Well, the Pistons Sorry. are now in in the playoffs because of Jello. So, a lot of things are happening in the NBA, to say the least. Um. <laughs> okay, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, another another bad contract is um, uh, speaking of the Pistons, the Jer- Jeremy Grant. I think he pronounced his name Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. An accent over the A. He got that dude got three years, sixty million, I think, as a he was a backup, what small forward, power forward on the Nuggets. Played oh started gosh. a few games during the playoffs and uh, for the Nuggets, but that dude's getting paid twenty million a year to be in the front court with, I guess, Blake. And I don't know if that is the right move for them. That's a lot of money to lock up for Jeremy Grant. I mean, 
not bad for a second round draft pick. Mm, that's true. So I don't know what to say. He's Jeremy Grant has never been a player that has stood out crazy. I mean, he's always been a solid fantasy guy, I guess. He's yeah. solid ten point however many rebounds a steal here and there. But yeah. are people relying on his lockdown defending? Like what's happening? No, here? I think they think he's a scorer now too. Um uh, so that's what has me like scratching my head is he's getting paid like a scorer, not just a backup, you know, defender. Mm-hmm. He's getting paid like a scorer. Like he can put up eighteen to twenty points a game or something. You know, he might be able to, but I haven't seen consistent uh playmaking ability, shot making ability on his end. I think he's more of a, a opportunistic scorer. Mm-hmm. Um setting up on the wing, hit a three, you know, offensive rebound, put back you know, um, lobs at the at the rim, things like that. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But I think that's a pretty bad contract, too. Him and Gordon Hayward, in my opinion, doesn't stand out in my mind. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. Well, I guess a final question for you, Stu, as we, as we take this to the end. Not who your prediction is for uh, the champion because everyone or the championship because everyone is going to have their team and have their pick but what are your thoughts on how the nba is going to shake out this year Mm. Uh, in terms of just how it's going to look like like are we going to be going to games are we going to be able to share a game together can we go to all-star weekend or is everything going to be so digital that it's going to be so lame Mm. Um, what, what are your thoughts That's a tough question to answer. If this is uh, if you were commissioner of the NBA and Commissioner Stu had to make a decision. What would the landscape so look like? So I think at the very – if there are fans at the games this year, I think the first to um, open up is the luxury suite experience where you can oh. have your own group and be, you know, 10, I don't know how many people luxury suite can fit, but let's say 10 to 25 people in the um, in the suite together, right? And those are, you know, more uh, luxurious experiences. So there's a little bit of revenue coming in there. Um, and then I would say, yeah, I, I don't know about like putting people actually in the stands though. That's a, mm-hmm. a tough thing to call. Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea. It's like, I haven't, we haven't heard too much about like NFL games. Mm-hmm. Uh, any problems, complications with that uh, for NFL games this year, but mm-hmm. we've seen in terms of logistics of the sport itself, we've seen so many complications of improper guidelines and improper testing and mm-hmm. um, like, quite frankly, like hypocrisy in their uh, regulations as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how they assess which teams get to get their games postponed, which teams have to just move forward and play altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, they've really shown an unwillingness to, um, lose money, which obviously they're a business, but they're not, they're not showing a strong stance that says we are putting our players health first. Mm-mm. They're saying we are trying to eat our, what is it? Have our cake and eat it too. What is mm-hmm. that, what's that saying? Mm-hmm. They're trying to play the games, try to keep their players safe, but then also get the most money as possible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's shaken out a, a lot of different ways for some some teams this year. I mean, we just saw like a super crazy week for the NFL this past week. So, mm-hmm. 
Um, I think that NBA's first and foremost, I think they're a better run organization. Um, and then secondly, yep. I think they they did themselves a huge favor mm-hmm. by um, not scheduling the second half of the season. They're scheduling oh, only the okay. first half. And so uh-huh. what they're doing is they're giving themselves flexibility to, in the event that, let's say, an outbreak, let's say it's Warriors-Lakers, and we got an outbreak. Uh, LeBron had COVID, and he spread it to um, half the team. And then, you know, uh, the Warriors cannot reasonably play against this team without, you know, the fear of getting COVID. So we have to mm-hmm. postpone this game mm-hmm. um, or, you know, move it towards the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to see, I think we're going to see a lot of games get moved around because of COVID outbreaks. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay on the NBA's end because they have um, planned for this, or they've at least had some sort of risk mitigation in place for this mm-hmm. um, that the NFL did not do. And quite frankly, it's pretty sad that the NFL didn't do any of this considering they saw the NBA do this live. They saw the bubble happen. It's they had time yeah. to prepare for this. They saw the NHL do it. They even right. saw the baseball do some sort of bubble and like COVID, um, COVID practices. Mm-hmm. They had all this, all this available to them to, to reference and they mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. feels like they're dropping the ball, um, which is pretty sad um, because it is probably, I think it's the most watched sport in America. So like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, like, the huge money maker for all these markets and you're gonna you know drop the ball in all these situations um so so yeah i think logistically the nba should be able to run as smoothly as possible that you can expect in the 2021 season i don't think there's going to be that many fans in the game in the stands this year i don't know what that looks like uh but i do think if we do have fans it's going to be like luxury boxes first um but i don't i don't know man it's tough tough to answer what are your thoughts what do you think i'm 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 in the same boat as you i think the stadiums will open up um i think that's as far as i know I think as as my hottest take would be they open it up a little bit to have people come in, but I didn't even think about starting them at the box level first. I keep them contained. I thought they would just like lock up certain areas and be like, okay, you have to do a half-assed job of like, it's going to be a half-assed job of people trying to regulate other people to like stay socially distanced Mm -hmm. because people will just be people. But knowing the NBA, I don't think they'll allow that to happen. I think the NBA assumes, and or at least Adam Silver assumes a lot of responsibilities. And if he's going to risk people's like life to watch a game, I think he's going to do it very, just doing it very well. So whether it's creating own bubbles and having that being done, or I wouldn't even be surprised if the NBA thought of a new screening procedure for people. Like that's just me like thinking about rumors and stuff and making stuff up, but who knows? Um, I do think that they want people back in though. That's yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is though, like if they welcome people back into the stadiums, it's going to be, I mean, personally speaking, like I wouldn't really want to go to a game. Um, right. I, I want to go to a game obviously, but like, given what we know about COVID regulations, mm-hmm. you're going to have to have your mask on the whole time, right? Which is 
you know, it's like not the most, un- it's not the, it's not uncomfortable. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But like half the enjoyment of going to a game is like, so you can drink a beer, eat, you know, nachos, yeah, like random, cheer. random crap. And yeah, yeah, just like do whatever you want, like be yeah. rowdy in the stands and things like that. And if you're with all these COVID regulations, like you're, it's going to be a much more like mundane, mm. uh, uh, mellow um, environment. Right. And right. it's just like, I feel like I'd just rather watch it at home on like, our tv at that point you get a better view anyways it just you're not there live that's all um Fair. half the experience is like a rowdy crowd right and you know you're not going to get that with you know most of the stadium empty if, if there is any people in the stadium so i don't know i mean to think that i have to sit up hella high in the bleachers and then have a mask on oh that doesn't sound <laughs> fun at all struggling on all ends i know um okay but like props the people that are still going to like football games um they must really love their team but like i'm with them like, on football. people people still go into like the Bengals game like what are you doing man Dude, it's covid to watch the Bengals? like really? if they don't got if they don't got Bengals football i mean what else are you doing in february in the winter i don't know their basketball that's team true. that's true yeah so okay all right Stu. well i think that is an interesting question to end on um final thoughts is thank you for joining um this has been long awaited i think we will definitely have to schedule another time to talk about recovery and the other side of your sports career that is often <laughs> or i think about as more successful than your basketball career so sure. um we'll talk about that but any any parting words for the people listening or um, I guess I'll talk about my demographic. I mean, I really want to make this a place where Hoopers can come talk and have conversation. And that is the age group of like 15 to like 55, really. So yeah. any parting thoughts, anything that you're working on, anything that you want people to be aware of, a cause, um, this is this is you. Um, no, man, thanks. Uh, first and foremost, just thanks for, thanks for having me on the show. Um, it's been about like a month or two coming. You asked me to be on like, mm-hmm. I don't know, a month or two ago. Never got the text back, man. So, you know, here we are. Um, nice. But always happy to, always happy to chat with one of my best friends on, on his, on his podcast. So um, in terms of parting advice, um, let me think about this. Mm-hmm. I would just say like for all the young hoopers out there, if any young hoopers are listening to this podcast, just know like if you're on the high school basketball team or you know if you're going to college like intramural sports and things like that just like really be in the moment and enjoy that time um competitive sports are not a is not a consistent thing in your life so um understand what you're a part of at the time um understand like what it means for you in the future like you probably make some lifelong friends um you'll have some lifelong memories um, and understand that your passion for the sport is very important. Um, without the passion for the sport, you're never going to get better. Um, and I think, I think I alluded mm-hmm. to this earlier, like I wish I'd loved basketball more in high school because I would have put that much more effort into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's something you truly love, like make yourself uh, accountable to that and be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, that's for all the old hoopers out there. Like, just keep on hooping. I'll see you at the Y and <laughs> someday. But um, yeah, uh, that's that's about it. Um, and for all the European fans out there, just keep on listening. Bogdan Bogdanovich is our guy. MVP contender, <laughs> all the above. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Thanks. Thanks again for having me. All right. Cool. Mm.